0: And uh, good morning, everybody. My name is Greg Refner with Abstract. On our podcast today, we have Richard Harris. He is the director of sales training and consulting at Sales Hacker and founder of Harris Consulting Group. Uh, In my opinion, one of the leaders in the B2B tech world when it comes to uh, sales strategies. And uh, Richard, if you'd like to take a moment to introduce yourself, sir. Uh,
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate you asking me to be on here, and um, hopefully, I can provide some. Support and knowledge to other folks, and uh, you know, maybe not embarrass myself, which <laughs> well, has been known we, to happen. But I'm okay with that too.
0: All right. Well, I don't think we have to worry too much about that. I think everything we're going to be talking about today is right in your wheelhouse. So, um, want to first begin with really something that has always stood out to me um, when it comes to your point of view uh, around things is um, earning the right to ask the next question. I think. In sales and sales training, you always talk to you know ask that second, third level, fourth level question. Um, but oftentimes, what's forgotten about is like, how do you earn the right to ask that next question? So I'm really fascinated how that's become your area of focus and kind of your tagline on LinkedIn. How long has this been your area of focus, and and how did you decide that this is where you kind of wanted to build your career?
1: A lot of questions. So. Um... Let's start with um, how I wanted to build my career, which is uh, this was never intentional. There was never any intent for me to ever become a business consultant, a sales consultant. Um, I always liked helping other people. Like I always liked training. Um, I was always the rep who's tried to help onboard people and show them the best practices and actually, you know, the real best practices, not the ones that that your sort of rogue reps try to teach. as a kid, I actually wanted to be a teacher, but I I knew that I wouldn't make a lot of money. Um, so I was sort of able to figure out that sales was a little bit like teaching, and and I actually love when I find teachers who want to move into sales because I think they're the best at sales, literally the best background for sales. Um, there's a couple others, but I really like that one. Um, and then I just, you know, I had all kinds of sales jobs and, you know, I was director of sales, VP of sales. I was a sales rep. I was an SDR. I was a full cycle rep, sales manager, sales ops. So I, I really sort of throughout my career did that. And then um, 2011, 2012 came along and had this great job with a company called Mashery. Um, they were going to get acquired at that point I was in sales ops. Uh, they were getting acquired by Intel. Intel didn't need another sales ops guy. So I was probably, you know, one of the easier people to sort of cut. Um, but they did a really nice job. They hugged me out the door, as I said, and made sure that I had plenty of runway to take care of my family and look for the next gig. And, and, uh, and so they really did it the right way, which I really, you know, I can't thank them enough. Um, and then people kind of called me and said, Hey, could you help? Could you do this? What do you think? And that's sort of how I fell into this. That's how I became a sales trainer. Nice. Um, earning the right to ask questions. Um, actually, a rep that I had said, you know, we got to earn the right. And so I just sort of kind of thought about it for a long time. And, and and this was before I became a consultant. I was like, you know what, that's a really smart idea. And I was, I was like, well, what kind of right are we earning? Right. And, um, and I realized it was earning the right to ask the questions. And so that's where I really started to hone in on it. Um, you know, I've been through Challenger and Sandler and some Miller Hyman stuff. And, Everybody intends to teach you that. Sandware probably does the best of it. And I just sort of took it and created what I call a respect contract out of it, it, or sort of adding elements that I felt were missing and teaching it in a way that was teaching the reps how to be respectful to themselves, because we hear this all the time. We hear sales leaders, you know, walking there with swagger, you know, own the place, you know, um you know, you're there, you belong there, it's your time too, just like it, but nobody could ever teach it, and so that's where I really came up with this, where I sort of dug into it, I should say, I wouldn't say I came up with it, I would say I dug into it, okay. and um, and created this respect contract that I use at every conversation, um, to just sort of acknowledge, here's what we're here for, here's why we're going to talk, and if it's not going to work, tell me, right, and you know, literally, I don't want to send you reaching out, checking in, and touching base emails. Yeah. And then I'm able to, to transition that, I think better than a lot of other methodologies from that to get the prospect talking by just asking the simple question of what made you come here? Like what made you wanna have the conversation? Even if they give me a ton of information, even when people say, Richard, I need, I've got a team of you know this many AEs and this many SDRs and we need sales training, we want qualifying and discovery training, we want prospecting training. Well, there's still a reason they want all those things. And I wanna know about the reason as much as I what their actual wants are. Because oftentimes what they want isn't what they need. And so that's where I'm sort of diving in. So that's the long answer to, to that question. <laughs> write, so I hope sorry for the diatribe.
0: No, I, I love it. There's actually a couple of things that I would like to expand upon a little bit more. Um, first things first is your background of, of teachers. Um, I when, I've, when I hire sales reps, um, one of the things I look for is kind of that, different background. Um, you know, I, I, I hired a guy who trained Falcons. Um, I've hired people that have done door-to-door internet sales. I've hired teachers. And it's so funny because they're the ones that always far exceed my expectations beyond just the, the person who is maybe, um, you know, five years of successful sales. And so I'm really curious kind of where why you see that teacher persona as being somebody who, who transitions well into into sales.
1: Well it's super from my perspective, it's super easy. Um, they know how to take things and explain them in very simple ways. Right? They can take what a kid might think is complex and break it down into something simple and walk them through the process. They also understand what a process is. They understand that, to teach, and I'm, I'm literally going back to kindergarten, that they understand the mindset of their customer, the child, and how to navigate them down the path and get them to buy in to do these things. Right? I love it. Challenge the kid appropriately. And you see this at kindergarten learning the ABCs. You see it in, you know, the first time they start to learn, you know, simple addition, subtraction, multiplication. You see it in going into algebra and, and geometry and all that kind of stuff. You see it everywhere, and so they're naturally inclined with the desire to know where they're going, lead the conversation in a way that's often not dictatorial. Although we have some teachers that are dictatorial, <laughs> and and then let the kid, you know, buy in. Yeah. That's sales. Like that's yeah. it. Like that is. There's no. There's no difference in that theory or philosophy than it is selling somebody something right I, lo- I love i love that down you got to connect with those people you got to earn their right to trust you got to have a warm personality you got to be personable and personal you've got to understand what a process is understand you just can't walk in and tell them to memorize um although that often does happen but that's not the intent of the teacher that's that's a little bit on the on the on the child or the prospect, uh-huh. so it all aligns in my mind um, super well. So the question then becomes: Do teachers want to be sellers? Do they? Do they thrive on that energy of of encouraging people to change their minds? Are they competitive in the sense that they like the challenge? Not that they played a ton of sports, but again, long answer. But um, hope that hope that was okay.
0: No, I love it. One of the things that D'Amelio stood out to me was, you know, kind of like helping someone arrive at their own conclusions. I often think of Leonardo DiCaprio's movie Inception, kind of planting ideas in people's minds and helping them get to the place where they think that idea was their own. And I think back at all the teachers I've ever had, um, they were really good at that. And people that are really successful in sales have a very unique way of helping prospects arrive at conclusions on their own as well. Um, So really, really fascinating point. Um, Getting into the kind of, okay, we've helped identify kind of a persona, what a background might look like. Um, And getting, how do you earn the right to ask that next question? Uh, Maybe I'm kind of simplifying your explanation, but it's an upfront contract. You're setting the expectations right up front with somebody. I've noticed on some of your things, you talk about SDRs all the way to like customer success and everybody in between in that life cycle of revenue. An SDR has a much shorter amount of time to earn that trust and earn the right to ask for that meeting than someone at an AE level or even a CSM level. Um, How is the strategy different or is it different whether you're helping an SDR understand that principle or someone kind of managing a book of business and farming accounts? What's the difference there? Or is it the same process?
1: The process is the same, but there's some tweaks, right? So if I'm a, if I'm a customer success person or account manager where they're already my account, you know, I'm never going to say to someone, hey, look, if it's not a good fit, just tell me and you can walk away.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, like that's not, not what
1: you're going to say. Um, but I would say something to the effect of, hey, you know, one of the things I thrive on and, and appreciate is an honest dialogue. So if ever something's not working, or your expectations are not being met, or I'm not giving you proper expectations, please tell me because it's my job to do all those things. It's my job to support this relationship. And if I fail, then you're gonna be unhappy and I wanna I want to know that as fast as possible. I'm obviously gonna do my best to, to not do that, but you know, I've got enough experience that it's not gonna happen. But every now and then if something's not aligned, I, I, you need to tell me. And likewise, if I discover that your expectations are not in alignment with what we do. I'm going to find a professional way to share that with you, and then we're going to problem solve it. Right? So it's a little bit longer of a wind up to get to the point, but that's how I would do it there. Um, on the SDR side, it has a lot more to do with um, earning that right to ask the question, which is, you know, do you want to take a meeting? And for me in the SDR, setting that first appointment is really just an interview. It's not even trying to set the meeting for the salesperson. It's like, hey, I want to interview you and understand how you're tackling these challenges. Would you be open to a conversation? And I'll go so far with SDRs to say, look, it's not a sales call. It's not. We're trying to talk to experts like you, understand where we are in the marketplace and how people are using these, you know, what they're currently doing versus what we offer. Now, naturally, that can turn into a sales conversation right? That's up to the AE to then skill that into a sales conversation, right? Um, And so it's a a favorite technique uh, that I really like that I learned about a couple of years ago. Um, So I've been, I see it working a lot and and it favors the prospect. So for me, earning the right has a lot to do with talking about the pains you solve, not what you do. Right. So when people, and that's, that's my whole earn the right phrase is that, you know, you know, Richard, what do you do? Oh, I train SDRs, AEs on how to be better salespeople. Blech, that's terrible. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like, it's horrible. Right. That's like everybody else. Yep. So, but if I say, oh, I teach people how to earn the right to ask questions, which questions to ask and when to do it, there's not any revenue leader with any type of title, C, C level on down, who cannot immediately picture what that means. And people don't buy the words we say, they buy the pictures we paint. So I have to paint a very clear picture of their pain in relation to what I do. So I'm always trying to talk about their pain and I'm trying to meet them in their headspace and in their mind to deeply understand where it's coming from. And once I understand that, then I can say, well, hey, let me, let me, let me shift a little bit. Let me, let me explain to you how I might tackle this. And you tell me if you think it's a fit right so that's that's the ultimate earn the right to ask questions which questions to ask and when to do it you know analogy i
0: love it i love it it's um it seems so simple but it's it's you look across the board and not too many companies have figured out that it's not about them it's about the prospect Um, and everything from your sdr messaging to your marketing product marketing sales everything needs to be in alignment with that um want to get a little bit into technology and so companies invest in training they invest in kind of messaging they invest in people like you coming in and helping the reps um, earn the right to ask that next question really think through what that that journey should look like and then they're deploying technologies to try to measure the effectiveness of that Um, you know I looked on G2 Crowd, there's like 200 different sales enablement tools on G2 Crowd. So there's definitely not a, um, there's not a problem in finding technology to help measure the effectiveness of the investment in these strategies. Um, I'm really curious to understand from your perspective, like what we have like this void, I feel like where we have technology, we have strategy, sales leadership, we have frontline worker, um, where does technology in your mind fit into this? And then a second part to that question is like, are we trying to force a fit with technology? Like, are we trying to do too much with technology and, and kind of well, repeatable process?
1: That's a really good question. Um, and there does become this tech overload, right? And I, you know, I, I do think that you're starting to see more alignment and acquisition of, of some players by larger players or those who want to be larger players to make it one platform. The issue to me is that it's it's got too many platforms to go through. Now, each one is absolutely meaningful, right? Whether it's SalesLoft or Outreach or VanillaSoft, whether it's um, Vidyard or BombBomb, right? All those things align. I think the challenge just becomes sort of like, how do I get them all in one place? And I think uh, sales loft and outreach and, and vanilla soft they've all done a good job to integrate these additional pieces but there is a, a place where you have to recognize that most of these tools and I, I'd love someone to call me out someone please email me richard at rharris 415 richard at rharris 415 tell me if I'm wrong most of these tools accelerate the value of a meeting right That's it, whether it's a first meeting, second meeting, third meeting, whatever it is. That's what they do. However, unless you're in the self-serve mode, if you're training the reps how to have these better conversations and teaching them how to earn the right to ask questions, which questions to ask, and to stop talking about what you do and start talking about the pains you solve in relation to the customer or the prospect, if you aren't doing that, all you're really doing is accelerating the suck. (laughs) <laughs> and, um, and and that again, not a phrase I came up with they came up with my friends over at Connect and Cell, where he's like, look, you know, we can build a great dialer, which they have, but you know, if you can't teach people how to talk on the phone, you're just accelerating the suck and then you're burning runway, right? Like you you've only got a TAM of so large, even if your TAM is a hundred thousand people or a hundred thousand organizations, you still only got a hundred thousand, right? Like that's it. Yeah. So You've got to look at the short-term versus the long-term gains. And the challenge there is Silicon Valley particularly, um, but not just there. I I work with a lot of larger organizations that are not mainstream or, uh, or, or SaaS players. And everybody's just trying to push revenue, right? And you're chasing the revenue dragon, as I call it. And you make a lot of mistakes if you try to tame the dragon in the wrong way, right? You can't tame a dragon quickly. Like it does not happen, right? Um, you know, even you know, look, is you know, even all the way back to Game of Thrones, <laughs> it took a while to tame those dragons. It even, did. And, you know, sometimes the dragons had a mind of their own. So, um, <laughs> you applause there. But, but I think the biggest challenge on the technology side is that recognizing what it will do and what it won't do. The technology will has yet to actually. Well, I can't say improve the conversation because, you know, Gong and Course and Exec Vision are out there and they are working to teach the reps. But again, that technology is the one of those are the one or two technologies I see that are actually teaching you how to not accelerate the suck, how to improve so that you don't suck. Yeah. Um, but even then, you still have to have the human element of either A, the acceptance of the rep to be self-coached through those tools and get better and or the meeting, the manager and leaders to coach the team on how to get better based on those outcomes. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. Thought. Have you actually read Game of Thrones, by the way?
1: No, I have not, but it's sort of on the to-do list. I, I'm I'm for this year. I read a couple of business books. I read a couple of um a couple of the of the books around um, systemic racism. I've been trying to educate myself more in that realm. And then since then. I took a really light approach. Actually, the book I'm reading right now, which is absolutely one of the best business books I've ever read, is Matthew McConaughey's uh, autobiography. It's amazingly hysterical, but he talks about growth. And his whole purpose of the book isn't the stories he tells. It's like, how do those stories shape the person and shape the, the individual through growth? Um, you know, he had a, I wouldn't say he had, he had a Texas upbringing, right? You know, he had a mom and dad who... Who, you know he he got a whooping as he said, right? He <laughs> help, right? And, uh, he's not advocating for that. Like he's not saying that's how he's raising his children because I don't think he is. but um, but it did instill certain things about how he needed to adjust his mindset and um, and I, I appreciate that. So I, I really like that book. So if you're looking for an interesting book that's completely outside the business world but will improve you, this is one of them.
0: Love it. Love it. I, I wrote that down. I didn't know he had an autobiography out, so I appreciate that. It just that. came out
1: a couple of weeks ago. I just heard about it.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, if I, uh, I'm on book two of Game of Thrones. I um, do like it? It's so painfully long.
1: <laughs> my question is, is it written like Shakespeare or is it written like in common language?
0: it's common language like it's an easy read it's just i think the first book's like 800 pages and i pulled out the second book and i was like 960 pages like yeah and
1: granted i was never that kid but you know if if you were a harry potter fan that seems about normal
0: yeah 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 i i I usually read those books in about a day i don't think i slept when harry potter books came out so anyways I I, i was a generation too old for those no,, no, 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 I think anybody can read Harry Potter, but anyways, getting back on track so um i want I want to make sure we wrap this up pretty soon and keep to keep to our time so we don't lose our listeners. But when we think about when you go into an organization, Richard, and you're starting to kind of do some analysis and start to piece together, okay, what's our messaging, Where's technology fit um, where's sales leaderships head at in terms of messaging that we need to teach everybody, you know, I would love to know maybe what your, your biggest piece of advice is for companies looking to use it technology.
1: To, it all comes down to the pain you solve, right? right? So I'll ask companies all the time. I will say, what do you do? Right. And they'll tell me and I'll say, great. What do you, <laughs> what pain do you solve? And even when I say that, they still go back to what they do. So oh, this is what we do. I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't tell me what you do, tell me what pain you solve. Paint me that picture, right? Pretend you couldn't actually give a demo. Pretend you had to give a demo without the computer, which I've done back in the day, right? Like that's, you didn't always have this crutch, right? Where you have a PowerPoint and your logo salad and you're trying to impress people with your VCs, which is all horseshit and, you know, should go to the end of your slide deck, not the beginning. That's the first thing I'll tell people. it matters, but not as much as you think it does. Um, talk about the pain you solve. Don't talk about the problem. Talk about the pain. If I'm talking to a VP of sales, what made you want to have this conversation? Well, you know, we got this many people and we went, no, 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 no. I got it. Like, that's normal. What's making you have this conversation? You know, what pain do you solve, right? Oh, well, we solved this pain for our customer. I'm like, great. Where is that in your collateral? And it's nowhere. Yeah. It's nowhere there. Like if you, if you remember old trade shows, you'd walk by right And every booth, literally. And I would just tell people, I just want you to put up there. I don't care if you write it on a poster board. We solve this pain. I promise you more people will stop and read it and they'll be like, Oh, and you could say, do you have that pain? What pain do you have? And then you have a conversation. Not, hey, we make your team more agile and da 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 right?
0: So, and it's, it's like a qualification, like, oh, you don't have this pain? Okay, we're not for you. Oh, you have yeah. this pain? We are for you.
1: Yeah, it's almost like the opposite of feature benefits. Here's the feature, here's the benefit. No, talk about the benefit. And the benefit is the pain. So benefits, then your features.
0: Got it. I love it. I love it. Well, uh, as we uh, get close to wrapping up our time together, Richard, I really am taking away three things from this conversation. Um, the number one thing that I really wasn't expecting to take away from this conversation was a, a background of um, kind of what, what type of person makes up a good sales rep. Um, you know, we talked about teachers, and as you dove into why a teacher persona makes a potentially good salesperson, Um, it suddenly like a light bulb went off of my, off of my head. Like, I'm going to put this as a requirement on my next job, just my job description. I push out, like, have you ever taught anything before in your entire life? Um, and it really gets down to they're good at explaining process and helping people think through, um, ways to get to that conclusion on their own. Second thing, um, don't accelerate the suck, right? If we can get a bunch of meetings on the calendar, great. But if we don't know how to talk in those meetings, that's a problem. So we need to teach conversations. And then the third is um, talk about the pain you solve, not what you do, right? Maybe we need to think about that, not just from a sales perspective, but um, marketing, product marketing, um, product Product engine. You know,
1: as much as I want to, you can't blame product marketing and marketing. No one's told them that they should look at it this way. And I think their intent is to do that. But they sort of get caught up in this marketing belief system, which is fine, but yeah, product marketing needs to get better at that, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I agree. Well, those are my three big takeaways from our time together, Richard. Um, for anybody who wants to get in touch with you or learn more, what are some good ways to get in touch with you, sir?
1: Yeah, use like- LinkedIn, right? Um, you can my, my handle is everywhere is r harris four one five r h a r r i s four one five. I'm super crazy. Here's my cell phone number: four one five five nine six nine one four nine four one five five nine six nine one four nine text me call me um and then richard at rharris 415 is uh dot com is my email address so connect with me happy to chat i'm happy to have conversations they don't necessarily have to turn into you know business opportunities um i believe in putting good karma out there in the world so i'm i'm happy to you know do that and you know the business will find you like that's how you don't accelerate the suck
0: I love it. I love it. Well, I appreciate our time together, sir. Is there any final thing you'd like to add before we wrap up today?
1: Tell me about this painting, behind you. Even though people are just listening.
0: Oh, yeah. So, um, in my uh, my free time, I like to actually paint, and um, it's uh, it's a it's a starry night rendition. Um, right and it's uh, oil on canvas so it's kind of for for people who don't really know me i'm kind of an introvert which shocks most people when they find out i've spent the past uh seven years in sales but uh i find my my energy kind of um in, in i ask
1: the, because it aligns with how i teach surface pains versus core pains like I, I literally draw a picture of the earth you know you have the the crust and then the the mantle then you have the Outer core and the inner core. And, you know, the inner core is where that core pain is, is real pain. Right. And so that's what made me ask about it. So it it aligns very nicely with some philosophies of mine, which is clearly this is why we're going to be best buddies.
0: I love it. I love it. (laughs) This is, this went way better than I uh, ever could have hoped, Richard. I appreciate it, sir. And um, thank you. Thank you again for your time. We'll uh, we'll talk soon. Let's do it again. Thanks. Greg. Appreciate you having me. Thank you. Bye.